When I graduated from high school, my mom decided that it was a really good idea for me to get a suit. Good idea. So she took me. She took me to the Bon Marche, which was a. It was like kind of like a Macy's uh, back in the Seattle area. And I went in and, and I, I was like, oh, great. I get to get whatever kind of suit I want. So, and I thought, so, so I, I, we found the tailor, the salesman guy. And he's like, well, what, you know, what are you looking for? And I was like, I want a black suit. And, uh, and I want to, I want to make it. So make it you know, like when you, when you tailor this thing up, like, uh, you know, tailor it as if I'm going to gain a bunch of weight in the, it, I, I told him, I told him that because when I worked like it, when I'd worn a suit in the past, like if you ever, it, well, it was my first suit, but I must have had like a jacket. Oh no, no, no. When I was when I'd worn like uh, tuxedos for like formal right. dance to school, like I'd I'd try to I'd grab the steering wheel of my car and the sleeves would all bunch up and it'd get weird across the chest and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, so make it like it's it's for somebody who's bigger than me because I and this is what I'm thinking. But I just said make it like I'm gonna gain a bunch of weight in the near. Future. <laughs> So the guy goes, uh, okie dokie. So, so we get the suit. He does exactly what he says. It's, I get, I, I get the suit after he's done telling me he did it exactly right. This suit was a jet black suit <laughs> and, and it, and I needed to cinch it up with a belt because he made it as if I was going to be bad. But the chest was exactly the same. It still did exactly what I wanted, what I didn't want it to do when I was like driving around. And Jason, here's what, here's what the deal was. Yeah. My mom took me to go get a suit and what I needed more than a tailor or a salesman is I needed a coach to coach me about what it really, what what I really needed. I thought I knew what I needed, but I did not at all. Uh, you that. needed a suit coach. I needed a suit coach because here's the thing. My mom couldn't do it. She was a single mom. She didn't know anything about suits other than the fact that she was very convinced that someone who graduates from high school needs a suit. That's all she knew. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it's suits. Like, it's like a bar mitzvah. You, you, <laughs> It's your, it's your, you're going into manhood. <laughs> Go get your suit. Right, right. And, uh, and I didn't know anything except for, you know, except for, uh, tuxedos are uncomfortable and I don't want this to be uncomfortable. That's all I needed. I needed a coach. Here's the deal, Jason. What's the uh, deal? What's the point of this? CPAs do the same thing that my tailor did where you take your client, they come in and they say, here's what I want. And you give them exactly what they said, but they might not really need what they think that they need from you. Uh. So our topic today on the Thrivecast is should every CPA also be a coach? Yes, I think so. We'll get into it. We will. Uh, so welcome to the, uh, welcome. to the March 2016 Dude. episode yep. of the Thrivecast. We're glad that you came. That's our topic today. Should every CPA coach? I'm here with Jason Blummer, hey. my esteemed uh, 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 Colin, uh, uh, podcast coach. I'm going to call you my podcast coach. Boom. I know. And and uh, we're also here with Avalara today. They rock. Our sponsor. They do rock Avalara. They got everything you need for uh, for sales tax compliance. They do 1099 stuff. I know we're all in. Uh, well, I guess we're past all the oh, 1099 yeah. stuff. You should be. You, sh you should be. If you're not, go to Avalara.com and see if they can sell you a time machine. Uh <laughs> But one of the, one of the big things that uh, that Avalara did want us to talk about was their uh, their big uh, Avalara sales tax festival in New Orleans in May uh, called Avalara Crush. Crush, and our friend is keynoting Adam yeah. Davidson. 
That's right. Adam Davidson was on the podcast. He is keynoting, and you know he's the creator of uh, Planet Money podcast, mm-hmm. and surprisingly and- awesome. Have you heard his new podcast? I, I have. Oh, oh, yeah. I talked to him. I talked to him all about his new podcast because he just decided to drop into Deeper Weekend 2015 and hang out with everybody that for is, a while. That is a trip. He just appeared. He, he just poof, and then at some point he poof. He was gone. Too. That's right. So uh, if you want to, if you want to figure out about uh, uh, Avalara Crush, their their conference that they're having May 10th and 11th, 2016, go to avalara.com and right at the top of their uh, homepage, there's a link to uh, to all the information for Avalara Crush. So go check that out, and thank you, Avalara, for being a, a sponsor with us. You guys have been a- amazingly uh, faithful and supportive uh, to this podcast since day one. So thanks to Avalara. Thank now, you, Avalara. Thanks a million, Avalara. Okay, we're talking about coaching. This is awesome. I love I know, you know I love coaching. I know you do. I know this is this is right up your alley. Um and and we've we've chatted about this stuff on previous podcasts. And actually, you know what? Let's throw in the in the show notes some links to some of the other podcasts that were specifically about coaching mm. for people who want to want to get another angle. But this is a different thing. What we're asking right now is the question: should every CPA be a coach. And, and it comes, it brings up some big kind of fundamental question if we're really going to tackle that one. And one of them is like, what does that mean to be a coach? And you, you're, you're, you're my coaching coach as well as my podcast coach. That's right. So I can tell you what coaching means. Yeah. What does, what does coaching mean? What does that mean if you're a coach? Okay. So reading from the coaching with the brain and mind book by David Rock and Dr. Uh Linda Page, Uh we, we, we see here on page 10 <laughs> that the definition, according to the International Coach Federation, uh, it's kind of long. So it says, I don't know if I totally agree with all this, but it says, am I being boring right now? No, I okay. love it. Okay. Coaches- and I think it's awesome that a book about coaching waits till page 10 to actually define <laughs> what they're even talking about. Well, it, this is a pretty deep book. I didn't understand half of it. So anyway, here's what the, here's what the definition is. Coaches are trained to listen to observe, and to customize their approach to individual client needs. They seek to elicit solutions and strategies from the client. They believe the client is naturally creative and resourceful. The coach's job is to provide support to enhance the skills, resources, and creativity that the client already has. So Uh, now that basically means what – the foundation of coaching is that the client has all that they need to actually be successful. You're there to pull it out. Okay. So a lot of what I do in coaching, it really aligns a lot with therapy. Right. That's, that's what it sounds like a lot. Yeah, it is. is so, it sounds you, very ther- like therapy. You yeah. approach the client as if they already know. So if you were being a CPA coach, you would really, the client would come to you and say, Hey, give me an audit. You would want right. to, you would want to go, is is an audit what you need? Who who right. told you you need that? And you would go through the process of helping them right. understand what they are. Breastfed, they already you know. breastfed as an infant. You got to ask them questions like that. Yeah. I mean, that's where you start because it's a lot like therapy, right? You, you always start there. Do you feel like your father was present for you during adolescence? <laughs> well, here's okay. So here's my Dude, definition. That's so funny. I hope. I hope. <laughs> I hope you do that. Hey, I'm not hey, doing hey, that. Hey, new, 
Hey, new client, what is it that brought you to my firm? I think I need an audit. Was your father there for you during <laughs> adolescence? No, what? I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. They'll think like, I'm nuts. I, my, think, so I have like, a better definition. I guess every CPA shouldn't coach. I guess that's what their <laughs> podcast <then. laughs> Not that way, probably. So I Okay, so here's my definition of coaching. <laughs> Is as a coach... You help your client figure out the reality of where they are now, point A. You help them perceive a beautiful future that they want to get to, which is point B. You figure out the path that that they agree to walk from point A to point B, and then you keep them accountable. In the process, okay. yeah, that's yeah. a so it's an intimate journey. It so there's a, a few things um, basic in that that definition is that it takes time. So I always tell people, coaching is about changing you. So we're seeking to change you as a person, which is very difficult. That takes time. So a lot of times we see the most value in coaching a client uh, after about a year. Uh, it doesn't have to be a year; it just depends. Um, that's what, wait, that's when you see the most value? Yeah, that's when you, you tell them, you know, a lot of value comes after a period of time. It's a, it's a good bit of time because we're trying to change you, and that does not happen quickly. So then you got to elicit a lot of trust with them uh, so that yeah. you can walk that journey with them because accountability is typically always a part of the journey that a coach. Right. Uh, so anyway, those are some basic right. definitions, but we okay. need to probably talk bigger about should well, CPAs coach. Well, let's yeah, we we do need to talk about that, but let's let's try to overlay what you just said into my uh, suit buying story. Okay, that's good. So, <laughs> so point A is I don't have a suit, right? Point B is I want to have a suit, right? Is that it, or is that no? Maybe it, it is, but here's the thing: you, as the suit client, you think you know the path from A to B, and you don't. Right, I did not know the path. You think it, no you idea. went in, and what you did is you prescribed the solution. You said, "Give me right. a jet black suit." Yeah, give me a black suit and and pretend like I'm fatter than I am, <laughs> and he, <laughs> which is crazy. Right, I mean, what? <laughs> Who I does that? Thought about this. Yeah, shouldn't he have said, "Why do you want me to make it so that you're gonna like you're fat?" Isn't this? And then I could. I mean, that would have been a really. Isn't that like a question? I, I well, gotta assume nobody comes in and says, "Hey, pretend like I'm gonna get fatter with this well, suit." Here's what I hope. I hope there's a Taylor podcast somewhere, and they're they're doing an episode on should every Taylor coach, <laughs> and teaching them that. You don't just accept some dumb high school kid's de- definition of what he needs right. in a suit. Make me feel like I'm fatter than I am and make it jet black. Uh-huh. Right. And, you know, so the the tailor should have said, "Okay, tell me tell me what prompted your need for a suit." Right. I mean, what what makes you think right. you need a suit? Right. And cuz really he cuz I I swear, I swear I wore that suit maybe 3 times. So and you didn't need what you really thought I you needed. I did not even. I don't even think I needed that suit. Like the time. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Arguably, I didn't even need a suit. So and which which again is a weird thing. Is that you know? There's a lot of pressure within our within our profession to just get more clients. Get it. Do it. Do the and do just, work. Just like the tailor, he might have been uh, paid. 
on commission or partially on yeah. commission or something like that. So if somebody comes in and says, I want a suit, you don't want to argue them out of it. And just like in our profession, if somebody comes in and says, hey, I think I need a CPA, and you don't want to argue people out of that, well, right? Well, do you? Well, I think what we're saying is should every CPA coach, we're saying yes, yeah. which means, you know, what we're you, the foundation of what we're really saying is as a CPA profession, shouldn't we always be making sure we're giving the client what they really need? Yeah, that's true. We need to be giving people value. Right. And and I think that's the thing too, because maybe if, maybe if I had a suit coach instead of a salesman and a tailor, right. he could have even been like, now here's some things. If you, a black suit, you know, maybe that's great for a funeral, right. uh, you know, or something that's real fancy that you're going to, right. but it's not something you're going to be able to wear a whole lot. And here's some ways that you can wear a suit that's going to make it, you know, better for other situations. Here's the things you, you know, if somebody did that, then I wouldn't just be getting a suit, but I'd know how and when to wear it. And I'd be able to get more value out of that suit that's right. than I did because I mean, it was, it wasn't a cheap suit. Even, I mean, this was back in 1990 and it was probably a, you know, 200, $250 suit, something like that. And, you know, and, and you go, okay, I wore it three times. So it's like, that was 80 bucks a pop to, to wear this suit that but was for it's harder. a fat Greg. <laughs> it's harder though to be a coach because I mean, isn't it easier to, a client says, I want an audit. Well, I'll go do an uh-huh. audit. I mean, that's easier. Right. And there's no thinking yeah. involved, right? No, except, no, not. except executing on the audit, but you have a team yeah. to do that. It's harder right. to coach because you have to slow down and you have to go, uh-huh. tell me why you think an audit is what you need. What, what's, why now? What's driving your decision to do this at this moment in your company's history? Is is there right. a reason? Somebody tell you something? Right. And there's got to be. Nobody. Nobody's just like, it's, you know, I, I love I, audits. I felt I really want do to the New Jersey accent. Hey, I, yeah, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> I came here to uh, blow my CPAs because I uh, I thought that audits, you know, getting an audit. That's cool. Like, you know, because my business is a is a real deal business, and my real friends deal got one. Get audits, and I want to be I want to be a real deal business. So audit me. Hey. <laughs> so as a CPA, if you're my New Jersey client, I need to ask you, you know, why why you want why you want an audit? How you're going to use that information? How is it right. going to change you? How's it going to make your business better? And you know, the the scary thing is, right? We might talk people out of a service, but in fact. That's what we're. That's what you and I are saying. We should deliver value, and if that means helping them not buy a, a wrong service from us, we should do that. Right. Absolutely. It's, but that sounds like we're saying no to money. We're we're it like d- turning down money. Yeah, it does. <laughs> but it doesn't. Uh, I know why it doesn't. Tell me why it doesn't. Because yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I've got anything smart to say about that. <laughs> well, here's why it doesn't. Because. When you start doing that, you figure out who does need your service and you uh-huh. start doing your marketing, your positioning and your website about filtering people out that you know don't need what you're offering. Right. So right. can I almost everybody that comes to your firm, once you get all that right, is an, a candidate for what you're trying to deliver. Right. Okay, here's l- let me tell another story. So just this month, I had you <laughs> I had a uh, this is a comedy story. I had a friend of mine an acquaintance. I guess we're not we're not tight. But I had a friend of mine contact me, and she was like, "Hey, 
I'm I'm uh, I'm on I'm on a board with a charter school, and we're working on our our prom for this year. And we wanted to have a comedian come and do about like forty minute uh, comedy show to our uh, to our prom kids <laughs> after the dinner part of the prom. And, uh, how'd you coach him? This is good and, stuff. Well, this is the thing I did. I didn't, I, I, I didn't coach him. What I did is I said, no, this is why, this is why this story came up is I said, I'm not <clears throat> the right guy. For, I mean, you know, and she, and it, Trust she, had me. A, she, she had a decent budget even for paying the, the, the entertainment. But I was like, I was like, I'm not the right guy. Cause listen, I, I don't, I don't work clean. I can turn my stuff to make, I can make my stuff clean. I can take out the swears on my stuff, but I don't work clean. And you're talking about high school students. And I, I talk about taxes and accounting. And it can be hard to get, it can be hard to get an audience of grownups on board yeah. with that. There's no way I'm going to get a, a high school students on board with this. And, uh, and I, but I was like, I, what I should have done though, because here's the thing. And I was like, going, I don't want this job because it would be so hard for me to feel like I did a good job and for the students to, to, to have fun and for the parents to not be just totally worried that, you know, that some sort of, you know, Great. penis double entendre in my <laughs> Menards joke was inappropriate for, for their high school okay. students. And, uh, but, but really what I should have been is it's like, you know what, that I've done comedy enough and you're really going to have a hard time finding something that a, a comedy doesn't work in that setting. It, it, it could, it's possible, but really you need to find, find some other way to entertain get a magician. Magicians are great in that kind of thing. You know, that, but, you did coaching. That was a little bit of coaching. It, it, right, well, no, I didn't say this. I should have said this. I oh. should have said, go get a magician or a hypnotist. Don't do stand-up comedy. Uh, that's hip- not what these kids want. Now, and what- that's, that's what I should have done. But all I did was just say, no, nah, I'm not the right guy, And which was good for me. It would have been a bad move, even whatever she paid. If I got, you know, if it was if it was an easy 500 bucks for doing a 40-minute set just, you know, in the other part of town, that's easy money for me to get. I was saying no to money. But it would have been such a bad experience for me that it wasn't worth the money. Is doing an audit when somebody doesn't really need an audit, is that a bad experience for the CPA firm? Well, I, I, th- I think it – I mean, we're not, we're not saying every audit's bad. So uh, oftentimes you, you will coach a client and you, will, you would both agree that an audit is, is what you may need. So that's okay. Right. But right. I think what we're saying – as a whole, our profession should stop selling things to clients that don't need the things we're selling. Right. And, and I think what we're selling it, we're saying is a lot of times a client doesn't know what they need. They assume yeah. what they need and right. we go okay. ahead and do what they say and we give right. them what they think they want. When really right. it, when you're done, we got their money. They got yeah. the audit. It does nothing to change their life, their business. It does not move right. them that's forward it. in any way that's at it. all. And that's, that's not it. good. That's well, and that's the thing is that that's beneficial. If you, I think that as human beings, we feel better about ourselves when we know we're making a difference, when we know that we've yeah. made that client's life better. There's the one thing, like you said, it's easy. We, there's no, there's no thinking, Hey, you want an audit? We do audits. We go do an audit. That's what we do. No big deal. But there's no, there's no like life that's in that, that's, that's imbued into that 
that audit procedure because you're just doing you do they you know it's it's there's as much life in that as there is in in a whopper <laughs> with cheese no onion where it's like I, I i made a whopper cheese no onion but it didn't make a difference to that guy's life but you know i just i just handed off a commodity and the same thing here where it's like there's a lot more for us to gain professionally and personally through our work there's a lot more meaning that we can find in work when we know that we're really helping somebody rather than just helping them ch- check off a, a tick, a, a, a checklist. Right. So one, one way to do that. So, so what if you're listening and you say, I want to start coaching more. One mm-hmm. way to do that is to start onboarding your clients. Right. Have, I don't know if we've done a show on onboarding, but people, a lot of firms in Thrival do onboarding. Right. They, I don't know if we've done one specifically on. I know we've talked about we, it. We probably we probably need to do that. It's basically, and I've I've written an ebook on onboarding. Yeah, you need to get that. Uh, is so it, we'll, how much does that cost me? It's nine bucks. Nine bucks. That's so, that's nothing. Well, so it's, it's it's as close to free as as anybody cares. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, and so onboarding is basically slowing down. Um, well, you know, in the, the book, I have the, the definition of, uh, of onboarding. Yeah. Um, lay that on us. And let's see, I, I don't, I didn't have it right in front of me. It's, uh, it's when you put some, it's, it's what happens right before you start pouring the water over the, the, uh, <laughs> it's similar suspect's face when he has a bag on his head. Well, okay. I don't have it ready, but <laughs> here, basically what onboarding is, is really slowing down, uh-huh. creating space. Uh-huh. Trusted space. Slowing down, creating space, okay. Right, trusted space. Like where it's space where the client can start trusting you more and al- and they start allowing you to ask the right questions so we can come to the conclusions of exactly what the client needs because right. we're no longer assuming the client knows what they even need. Right, Which. Right. Which sometimes feels like people would be offensive, but we're not trying to offend anybody and say, now, nah, you don't need an audit. Shut up. Right, I'll right, right. tell you when you need an oh, audit. I don't. And do you think people are offended by that? I, I have I, a hard time well, thinking that if if somebody if I came to anybody, whether it was the tailor, whether it's somebody making a deck for me, uh, whether it's a uh, uh, or whether it's a CPA and somebody somebody saying, hey, I just want to, you know, l- let's let's talk about this because not everybody. I mean, if somebody if somebody's trying to talk me out of using their services, that makes me feel happy. <laughs> well, I don't not know a, that everybody offended. feels that way. Okay. Because I think I think I think a lot of clients do come to us and they're like, "Dude, give me a tax return and quit harassing me." Who mm. who do we interview? The experienced Joe Pine. Joe Pine. He's yeah. like, I want, my, I want my CPA to do my freaking tax return, yeah. to quit bugging me and get the thing done, and I don't right. ever want to talk to him ever. That's true, yeah. He so, wanted a tax preparation ferry right. that while he was sleeping <laughs> right. did, all the, did all the stuff. And, right. So, so in, that, in that instance, that tax preparation ferry probably couldn't do a lot of coaching with Joe Pine because he'd be like, whoa, 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 stop asking me all these questions and give me the product. Because right. he, but that's not what we're doing as CPAs. I think what you and I are saying is we, we want to build firms that have clients that allow us to coach them. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think and, that's and what maybe, we're doing. And maybe that's it. So our question, should every CPA coach? Uh, maybe the answer is nope, because Joe Pine needs a needs a CPA, needs a tax prep ferry. True. True. And, yeah, and that's, that's what he really wants. 
I, I thought it was going. The answer was going to be yes. I would have I said yes. So I think maybe, maybe no. Maybe it depends on what the what what that firm wants to do. What kind of firm they're building. What kind of clients they want. Yeah. I mean, yeah, see, but I, I yeah see it still doesn't it still doesn't resonate with me that that some people that some CPAs are not going to coach at least on some level because okay so we you talked about. Because maybe we didn't get into the real definition. Use the coaching in the brain definition. Yeah. And I thought I thought you said you had a better definition than that. Maybe we're uh, because I don't I don't think that every CPA has to have specific coaching engagements, but I think every CPA needs to see themselves as a coach. Okay. And and with and even with Joe Pine, because he comes in, it's like, what do you need? I need I need somebody to do my taxes. And you got to go, well, what, so what, what, what's the experience that you look that you want to have? Because really, I mean, that was the weird, that's kind of the backdoor thing with him. He was the experience economy guy and the experience he wanted with taxes is he wanted magic fairies mm. and that's what he, that's what he wants. And, and if you know, that's what he wants, that's when you get, and if you agree with him that that's a good thing for him, then you give him magic fairies. But there had to have been some coaching along the way to make sure that that's really the right thing for him and that he understands what the give and take of magic fairies. It's like, yeah, we can do this, but you might be paying a little more taxes than you should because we're not doing a whole lot of tax planning with you. We're just doing tax prep while you sleep. Uh, well, okay, so maybe we're making should every CPA coach bigger than it needs to be? Because when we say every CPA should coach, I'm thinking of the formal coach, coaching sessions, okay. and but okay. maybe coaching can happen in five seconds. It's like, cool, you need a CPA. All right, let me just ask you, you know, real quick, two questions. Uh, right. Do you want me in and out? Do you want to see me? That's kind of coaching. Yeah. It's trying to it's trying to dive into what the client truly needs. And the client goes, dude, I'm serious. Don't be bugging me. Here's the paper. I don't want to see you again. I want to sign this electronically. I'm never coming to your office. You go, right. boom, I coached you. Now I know what you want. You know what? We're the shop for you. We do it fast, yeah. bam, cheap, done. Uh, here's your yeah. refund loan, and anti- yeah. uh, re- refund anticipation loan. Yeah. The row. We're out of here. And yeah, and so that coaching can happen really, really quick. So in that instance, maybe every CPA should coach. Maybe it's not always an in-depth thing. It is, but it is it is just a couple more questions to say, yeah. why do you think you need that? And yeah. do you think I'm the person that, what makes you think I'm the person to deliver that? Right. And I guess, yeah, because I, th- I th- and I think every CPA needs to, does need to try to get to that level with their, with their client. As a matter of fact, I mean, I've been thinking about this and, and, and forgive me if this gets too macro, <laughs> but there's part of me that thinks that every professional needs to be a coach. Hmm. My, cause I was thinking my, my tailor really needed to be a coach. And I don't, I don't know why every tailor would not be a coach. I don't know why every lawyer wouldn't be a coach and try to, cause you, cause it's that stuff that you said where if you come in for any kind of professional engagement, you're going to say, where are you right now? And where do you want to be? Right. And, how, and, and then let's figure out a path to get you from here to there. Joe Pine comes in. It's like, where are you at right now? And he's like, I spend too much time with my CPA. I yeah. don't like it. I right. just want magic fairies to do my return. You go, okay. So point B is a completed tax return. And you go, are you sure that's what you want? Cause here's some things you're going to be giving up yeah. if you do. And he goes, yep, that's what I want. That's exactly what I want. And then you go, okay, here's how we get you from here to there. And then 
Let me hold you accountable. And what that means for you, Joe Pine, is that if you send me a friggin' email, right. I'm gonna delete it because <laughs> magic fairies don't answer emails. <laughs> they get you a tax return while you sleep. So go to sleep, you son of a bitch, and let me get your tax return done. Well, you know what else it might be? The coaching might be, you want a tax return done by a fairy? You have to obey our digital process. If you send me an email with a document attached to it, I will delete it because I told you to upload it into the portal, which is where my team goes and checks. To the Magic Fairy Tax Prep Incorporated. Right. And so he's coaching you. If you come to my office in anything except a pumpkin that's been transformed (laughs) into a carriage, I will fire your ass immediately. So as we're wrapping up, we got a good guest who knows really how to coach. Let me let me say one, let me give everybody the R factor question. <laughs> That's pretty good, the magic pumpkin. That's pretty good. Oh, jeez. No, so here's if you want to really now, okay. So if people are listening, they want to be transformed into a coach, uh, and you want to really go slow. You want to onboard your clients. You want to really create that trusted space to ask good questions, to really price them on the thing they really want. Um, a great way to intro that is the R-Factor question from Strategic Coach, strategiccoach.com, Dan Sullivan. Uh, he's been coaching people for like yeah. a million years. He's coached many, many entrepreneurs. He coaches coaches. Yeah, he w- and he would not coach me. <clears throat> no, he wouldn't coach me. Yeah. I don't have enough money. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> so he he created the R factor question. The R stands for relationship. And here's the question. You ready? It's big. Uh-huh. And I okay. use this when I coach. Okay. If we were meeting here three years from today and you were to look back over those three years to today, what has to have happened during that period, both personally and professionally, for you to feel happy about your progress? Mm-hmm. It's a deep question. Right. And you like you can't ask questions like that passing somebody in the hall, right? You gotta right. you gotta sit down, you gotta look at each other, you gotta know this moment right now in time was made for asking deep questions. Right. You're not busy, you've given me your time on your calendar, you understand mm-hmm. I want to get this deep with you. And when the client starts saying all this stuff, it's basically following what the International Coach Federation uh definition says. <laughs> coaches seek to elicit solutions and strategies from the client. We believe uh-huh. the client has the answer. Right. They're resourceful enough to have the answer. And so we're just trying to pull out of them the things they already know. And we use something like an R-factor question to pull right. out of them. They can Only they can answer that question. Yeah. And when they do, we can go, okay, so it sounds like um, you do need a tax ferry. Mm-hmm. Like if you ask Joe Pine that, he would get mad, right? He'd be like, you're my CPA. Quit asking me those questions. You'd go, cool. From your answer, uh-huh. I'm learning that uh, you don't want me to know the answer to that. Right. You don't want me involved in your life in three right. years. And here's and here's point A is you're at my CPA firm. Point B is actually at H&R Block. So the path <laughs> right, is exactly. on Google Maps, and I'm going to hold you accountable to get the hell out of my office right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This, so, here, okay, we have a guest... Brandon Simpson. Uh-huh. And he was he, he was a hit at Deeper Weekend he, 2015. Dude, a hit. And he is a CrossFit coach. He's not a CPA. No, and he's good. Listen, he's a good coach. 
uh, because people come to CrossFit and they go, and he kind of at his gym he br- he does all the onboarding. He brings people in, but he they come in and go, "Yo, I want to get strong, man." He's uh-huh. like, "All right, let's talk about this. What is right. the real reason you're here?" He really goes deep with them, and he does it one on one. So there's a trusted yeah. you know space, which is to do amazing. That. Yeah, and you know a lot of people are there. Lo and behold, because their marriage is is shot, or they're they're hooked, they're uh, alcoholics, um, yeah. they're on drugs, and he finds that stuff out. Yeah, and he goes, That's wild. "This is a solution to get you out of that issue." And he right. says, "Yes, this can this can help you do that." And so he's going to he's going to teach us how to actually coach a customer, a client. Yeah, good. Good. And I, and I think he's going to talk to us about trying to, trying to do that stuff, the, the relationship, having that space and what are the right questions to ask to help people really formulate their own goals. But how about let's stop talking about what he's going to tell us and let's get him to tell us what he's going to tell us. Let's do it. Uh, that's, that's point B. We're at point A. So the path is getting that guy on the phone. Let's do it let's now. Do I'm it. to hold you accountable to it. Boom. Okay, we're back with our super special guest, Brandon Simpson, and he is a CrossFit coach. Brandon, thanks for being with us. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Pleasure to be here. And you, Brandon, were a speaker at our Deeper Weekend 2015 event, and you rocked it. Actually, I keep hearing uh, how awesome your session was. Uh, even a couple weeks ago, somebody I was talking to said how awesome it was. So, But Greg and I have been talking about should every CPA coach, uh, and we don't, we're trying to define what coaching is. So tell me what you do at your gym. <laughs> okay. Yeah. First of all, thanks everybody for, uh, the kind words and everything about the, the talk that I gave. I had a great time coming and hanging out with you, but, uh, so at the, at the gym, my, my primary responsibility is probably taking care of onboarding new customers into what we do. We used the word onboarding when Greg and I were talking. So what does that mean to you? What is, I like, what the heck is onboarding? Yeah, it, it's uh, a bunch of things. But the, the first thing that I do when someone comes in uh, brand new off the street or someone else has kind of sold them or invited them in is to find out why they're there. And uh, I will just ask them the question, why are you here? Which usually catches people off guard when they walk right. into a gym. And someone says, why are you here? What, what, so what are your answers? Because it seems to me like, if, like, like it would be, I'm here because I don't want to be fat. I want to look better. What, what, are the, what are the answers you get? Yeah, it, it's, it's usually very generic, probably like what you get when someone walks into a CPA firm. Uh, uh, they say, I want to get in shape. Uh, I want to fit in clothes. I want to feel better. And the, the big thing that's missing from all those answers, well, two big things is one, any kind of detail whatsoever, because I will sometimes <laughs> retort round as a shape. Uh, <laughs> and so I get in shape means nothing to me. And then right. uh, I don't know why. I, I have no idea why they want to do those things. And really, I need to get at why they want to do those things to help them do those things. Okay, so so let's so let's do this. So I I come in off the street and I yep. and I find you and you say why are you here and yep. I say because I want to get in shape and then what do you do? I would say what does that mean? 
Uh, well, it means that I want to I want to look a lot like the Spartans did in the movie Three Hundred. Cool. And what would that get for you? Um, that would get me uh, some uh, some self confidence. I think self confidence. Okay. And now we know why you're here, right? Because okay. what we're lacking is not being in shape; it's being confident. Oh. Okay. Oh. And so if confidence is a means or being in shape is a means to get you more confidence, then when we talk in the future, I can say, hey, look, you're you're also able to do these things you couldn't do before. And we're building confidence at the same time, not just the aesthetic. So so basically, since you since you brought the client in and, you know, deep down inside, they lack confidence, you can kind of throw that out every now and then while you're coaching them one-on-one and say, hey, you're already building the thing you wanted and we're only two weeks in. Exactly. Your body may not have changed, but don't you think you're doing things you didn't think you could do before? Is Do you kind of throw those things out and show them that they're already winning? Absolutely, because if you're going to give them value, like if I'm going to try to sell you an expensive coaching package, Uh then you need to feel like you're getting something for it from day one as much as possible. And so, uh, it takes time for your body to change. It takes time for your business to change. It takes time for your finances to change. But if someone's recognizing the little steps that you're making, it makes it a lot easier to keep making little steps. Now, now what if, so with that, so, so, I mean, we just had a little, you know, role, role playing thing about, about that, but I would have to assume that as people get into uh, that, that maybe their whole reason for coming, maybe that, that becomes better defined over time. Is this a conversation that you loop back to and you go, okay, we've been doing this for a while. How are you feeling with confidence? Is that really why you wanted to be here? Is, where does that fit in? Yeah, uh, it's uh, one of the things that I like about the way that we train is that we we try to tie training into performance metrics over uh, more subjective aesthetic things. And so partly... I'm trying to help them change how they think about exercise okay. uh, because if, if you come in and it's your goal to lose 10 pounds, that's not fun. No one has ever had fun trying to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it's depressing is what it is to yeah. most people and discouraging. Uh, and right. so if you can say, instead of I want to lose 10 pounds, I want to, I want to change my goal from an outcome goal to a process goal. I want to be at the gym two or three times a week. Nice. Okay. Then we start doing the things that get you to your outcome goal, but we can mm-hmm. check boxes a lot more often when you're following the process. So right. so as a good coach, you not only try to find out deeply what the client needs, you're actually trying to say, hey, there's probably a better goal. Let's actually establish right. goals that you didn't know you could have, but you need to have different types of goals. So you're even changing what their goals could be. Uh, trying to reframe, I think, is, is right. a big part of my job is, is to say, hey, you want to be confident and you thought confidence was a six pack. <laughs> um, well, I guess either way, it could be a six pack, but the, the wrong six pack of confidence doesn't last very long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just it got could that. Be, yeah, it, it could be that confidence is actually uh, being able to do something you couldn't do before. Uh, and right. you can gradually build confidence by attaining new skills or building strength or, uh, you know, any, any of those new things that you didn't even know existed. 
Right. That, you know, well, and I think that's true. I mean, it's funny trying to trying to get connections between the world of fitness and the world of accounting cuz losing 10 pounds that could be you know that that's one of those things where you know I've I've gone through phases where I was like if I could get down to this weight then I'll be then I'll be really happy with myself and I get there and I go nah this isn't really what I was after and I yeah. and I feel kind of disappointed with that yep. and it, because it was the wrong metric and I could see somebody coming into a CPA firm and asking well what's your what's your, why are you here and it's like I need a tax return and an audit well what what do you really need and we get down to the fact that they want to run their business better but even that is like well what does that even mean does yeah. that mean you want to be more profitable does that mean that you want to have more fun at work does that mean you want to work less so you can uh so that you can do other things more and there's there's a lot of things that that kind of have to be unpacked with that and I obviously agree. that's what you work with a lot but just in the in the uh, fitness area. Yeah. Jason and I have talked before. I, I think that there's a lot of parallels between your physical body, your fitness and your business. And that as you work on your body, things change as you work on your business, not in your business, things change. If you mm-hmm. define goals, you can apply tools to get to your goals. We've often talked about training as employees, like, Hey, I want to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to lift this. I want to run this fast. I want to lose this weight. You go, okay, well then you're going to need to air quotes, hire these three things. Mm. Uh, and in your business, I want to be able to do X, Y, Z. I want to work less. I want to pass on more of the boring work. I want to do this. Well, you're going to need to hire these three people. Do you want to do mm. that? Mm-hmm. And the, the question is always, do you actually want to do that? Are you willing to make the trade-offs for those right. things? Ah. Or do you want to hold on to the things you're doing now because you can't do both. Okay, so that's interesting. So as CPAs, we we should probably be helping a client make better decisions about the trade-offs because because if they want the thing they say they want, then they have right. to give up something else to have it. Sometimes it's money. And sure. and we got to say are you willing to give up the thing you got to give up to have the new thing that you want and will it do what you think it'll do is it do you, is the trade-offs a big piece of this i think so everybody likes the idea of abs <laughs> i mean who doesn't but the the everybody also likes ice cream so <laughs> yeah it depends on what you really want so if you really want ice cream you don't really want abs if you really want abs you got to learn to not really want ice cream and really want the things that get you abs <laughs> How does so you mention you mentioned change helping a client perceive a new goal from an outcome to a process. So how does time play into transforming people? Like do you tell them you you gotta make a commitment of time over a period of time? Like is time important? You need more time? Yeah, I I try to get people to uh give me three months. In three months Physically, you'll be able to see changes if you commit to the process, but it's, it's almost more session to session, uh, especially for people who are brand new and, and don't know anything and haven't done anything. Your body changes so rapidly uh, when you start making good decisions and the way you feel starts to change. And just that you are doing something about it makes you more confident and you, you feel a little more in control of things that maybe you used to feel like were controlling you. And so if I have a little bit of time, the more time I have, the more change we can make because, uh, you know, time is the main constraint in all this stuff. Mm. But we can do a lot in a short period of time if you want to do a lot in a short period of time. 
it, it just de- depends the trade-offs they want to make of their own time and money sure. right. to do it. So, so going back to the process objectives, because I think, so, so the process goals, because you mentioned that, it, what, so like if, uh, if losing 10 pounds, because you said nobody has fun losing 10 pounds, but people can right. have fun going to the gym three times a week. Is right. there, is, do you have a different term for the lose 10 pounds kind of goal? That's not a process goal. That's a destination outcome. goal, an yeah, outcome goal. Outcome goal. But, yeah, okay. that's what I would say. Gotcha. Cause we, cause I think in terms, you know, and because uh, we, we've talked about that before, you know, there's different vocabulary for that. So we, we've got a friend, Ed Kless, who says that the outcome goal is what he just calls goals and yeah. the, uh, and the process goals are, are the objectives. Here's the things, here's like the, the tactics that I'm going to use to try to get to that goal. And that the goal is like, it's more aspirational. You might not even ever really be able to reach that goal, but you can do these things. You can go to the gym three times a week and say, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm totally doing that. And that should be getting me to that goal. How often do you think people need to recalibrate their process goals to try to get to these, uh, outcome goals? Is that something that happens all the time? Is that something that, you know, cause, cause it seems like it's easy to get on autopilot with those process goals. Right. And, and that is part of the point of process goals is to try to help you put them on autopilot and, okay. and not huh. have to make as many decisions mm, right. um, because you get decision fatigue. And the more times you have to choose to do something, the less likely you are to do it. Gosh, uh, why are you? You're brilliant, Brandon. <laughs> That's pretty good stuff. That's really good. Books, what did I you guess. call it? What fatigue? Decision fatigue. The decision fatigue. I got to make yeah. too many decisions and it's wearing me out. Now I just want to sit at home and watch uh, all orange is the new black from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And eat all the cookies and all the ice cream. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It so does if you've, you've come to the end of, a, of a, a long, difficult day and you've had to do a lot of challenging things, yeah. you're out of gas. So yeah. the, the goal is to make process goals autopilot. So they're not decisions. It's kind of like the Steve Jobs wear the same thing every day or, yeah. you know, okay. Seth Godin eats the same breakfast every day. You, uh, yeah. you limit the decisions you have to make so you can make the important ones. So, gotcha. so for our That's clients, awesome. I mean, it, it, if they come and say, I need you to do my accounting, but, right. and we ask the right questions. Maybe they'll they'll finally come to understand they actually want to run their business smarter. So delivering weekly metrics or something could be what helps them uh, not have to make decisions about accounting, but actually just intake the information we're creating so they can use it uh, to make better decisions or something like that. Is that an uh, example? Any anything that's going to simplify is good in those cases. The the challenge there is, and you know this as accountants, you can give people metrics, but they have to actually read them and do something with them for right. them to be valuable. That's right. Yeah. And and um, that's how does that relate to, you know, when you onboard people into a gym, you do you help them come up with a process, but they have to come the three times a week they said they're going to come or whatever. That's right. That's uh, another role of a coach, I think, is providing uh, kind of, the two sides of a coin of, of motivation and accountability. And so when there's a person you're expecting to see, it's a little easier to make the appointment uh, and show up and actually go to the gym when it's, uh, which I feel like we have an advantage as a CrossFit gym in that environment because you're always going to come and see a person. There's right. always somebody there expecting you. But if there's no one looking and there's no one who's going to check up, 
then you tend to not make the decisions that are difficult and you'd rather just do the easy next thing. You know, my wife and I went to CrossFit. Uh, we've probably been at your gym a couple years now, going on a little over more than a couple years. Yep. Um, pretty intimidating to to walk into a CrossFit gym. It was for mm-hmm. us. I don't know if that's the case with oh, most. That's that's common. Okay, with most that's humans. Common. So, how do you how do you know that about a client and help them overcome the fact that they they're actually in the building and that was freaking huge to actually bring themselves in the building like do do they have to overcome this uh intimidation factor with crossfit or do you have to help them do that it depends on the person but yes uh i often do and and one of the ways that we do it is by having a really well planned onboarding process Mm -hmm. that says we're going to take you from i've never done anything before or i'm already relatively fit and athletic and I can apply the same process to both by scaling the challenge of what we do up and down. So uh, if I have somebody who's brand new and I will assess them to see, they don't know they're being assessed, but I can watch the first few things that we do and kind of know where we are, uh, along with some questioning that we do as we get there. And that lets me say, hey, we're going to, the first day that you show up at the gym, we're going to spend 30 minutes talking and working on posture and breathing. So it's not like you're going to come in and Ah. uh, get killed on your first opportunity. I see. And we let you know regularly, I'm here to help you, not to kill you, Uh, (laughs) which is one of the things that people are often afraid of because you see CrossFit on TV and it looks like people are trying to kill themselves. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but that's not what we do in the gym because we're mostly we normal people in the yeah, gym. Yeah, and we're here to build something, not break it. <laughs> right. Well, how do you how do you do that with a client? So you said I'm assessing people. How do you assess people? What questions do you ask that we might could apply to our businesses? Yeah. How can we assess so, clients the right way? We we did this a minute ago, role playing with Greg. But I I have a a principle of getting to the third question, Mm. um, which is, it it doesn't, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. Um, (laughs) but what I'll find is the, the first question gets me a surface answer. Hey, why are you here? I want to get in shape or, you know, whatever along those lines. The second question will try to clarify the first question. What does that mean? Mm. And it almost always works that way. You know, if somebody walks into the, the CPA office and they say, Hey, I want a tax return. You go, okay, surface. Say, why do you want us to do your tax return? Uh, Because my business is floundering and I feel like this is a chance for me to get some money back at the end of the year because I might have overpaid. Then you go, oh, well, why is that a problem for you? Mm. And besides the obvious, well, I'm losing money. And they might say that. And then you start again. (laughs) Well, how are you losing money? And you can just keep chasing those three questions, uh, but you're going to get to the heart of what they're after if you just keep prodding them with questions. Um, I've never had anybody turn around and walk out the door when I kept asking them questions about themselves. Well, I have one question, but have you, have you asked questions and people, you finally got to an answer that was kind of embarrassing or they didn't really want anybody to know it was, Uh, it was a really scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a coach, don't coach if you don't want to do messy stuff. People okay. will tell coaches things oh, that's interesting. that they won't tell their spouse. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. what's it? What's an example of like just in the CrossFit world, what you yeah. might find out about and, somebody. And, 
and tell the person's name. Yeah, their name uh, too. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. Their we'll just... and their address while you're still waiting. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it, it could be I am an alcoholic and I'm, I'm looking for an outlet that's going to help me not drink. And so wow. exercise is, is great for that. And a coach who's going to say, did you make your AA meetings this week? Wow. Um, it could be uh, somebody who has uh, all, there's all kinds of struggles with, with food, people, how people relate to food that no one ever thinks to ask or question. But I do some nutrition coaching and have had people say things like, you know, I will pace my eating to the people around me because if I finish my food first, they still have food and that's not fair. Mm, wow. And so there's there's stuff going on inside that's more than just I eat more than I want to or should uh, or I'm not in the kind of shape I want to be in. I've had veterans come in who are struggling with PTSD. I've had mm. all kinds of stuff that's kind of messy that a, a coach can have access to and be aware of as you're trying to work towards other goals. Jason, have you what are some what are some embarrassing things that uh, clients have brought up in the financial world that, that they, you know, they come in and they're not really ready to, they weren't, maybe they weren't expecting to tell, <laughs> divulge these things to their CPA. Oh man. Yeah. Big time. You know, an, uh, an, an addiction to, um, buying things, buying okay. addictions, uh, okay. their spouse is addicted to painkillers. Uh, uh. these are all real examples of things that I've heard in yeah. coaching sessions. Um, so, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's true. Now, Brandon, does it help that we label ourselves? Like, I label myself very overtly as a coach. I am a business coach, and it and for the right client, it seems to make them divulge things in a deeper way if if they let me keep asking questions. So, is what we label ourselves important? That's good. I, I would say it would have to be, or there wouldn't be much of a point to the labels. Hmm. But as a as a coach. People assume I'm a coach in terms of uh, just lifting weights, and I don't think that they bargain for more than that. You know, they, <laughs> somebody comes in as a, a business coach, you go, okay, yeah, I'm going to work on my business, but I don't realize that that might mean I'm also going to have to work on myself. Right. Um, and so I, I think it's, again, it's a matter of clarification. What's a, what right. is a coach? What's the coach doing? Um, right. And, and it just takes that conversation and asking more and more difficult questions to get at it. That's interesting. Sometimes I'll, I'll ask, now I'm, I commonly ask the client when we start off a brand new coaching relationship, I, I say, do you have any experience with anything similar to a coaching relationship? And they bring up, yeah, I've, I've, I've had a psychologist, a therapist, mm -hmm. and, and these things are very similar. So they understand what it means to be in that trusted confidential relationship yeah. um, is confidentiality important in even in the work you do. I uh, I would say to an extent, um, you know, even if we were going to put up photos of somebody as a before and after, we'll usually do things like chop their heads off in the photo and okay. stuff like that. So <laughs> you can keep it you can keep it away from being like personally identified. But what what you said was interesting to me because one of the notes that I have on onboarding. Um, is, is just that it takes a little bit of time to reeducate your customer as to what you actually do mm -hmm. versus what they expect you to do based on past experiences with people in your profession. So if, if nice. I've had a, a coach, that's fine. They did this. This is what we do. Uh, if I've had a CPA, that's fine. They did that. This is what we do. Right. And so it takes a little bit of time to help them understand what they're buying 
and the most likely greater value than what they've had before. Yeah. And it seems like that needs to come out like pretty close to the beginning. I could see a CPA going, Hey, just so you, just so you know, a lot of how I view my role and the value that I bring to you as my client is, is I, I don't just see myself as a guy who, who puts together your tax return. I see myself as a coach and I'm trying to help, I'm trying to help you reach your goals. And if you, you lay that out, like right out of the gate with a, with a new client, that's going to, that really will reach like just naturally reshape and recalibrate their expectations for the relationship. Yeah. yeah it's a totally different conversation than yeah. dropping a shoebox of receipts on your desk. Right. Exactly. Which is, which again, and I, and, and I've got to think, have you getting to where you're at right now, Brandon, were you at a yeah. place before where you didn't do the onboarding? You didn't do, you weren't as hands-on, you weren't talking about goals um, yeah, were you there and you, yeah. was it, is this some, were you just naturally born as somebody who was, who was awesome at everything or at some um, point did you suck a little bit? Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm an, a three-year-old on the inside, meaning that I ask why about everything all the time. And I always kind of have, okay. that's just the way I'm bent. But okay, good. that being said, my, my application of asking why has definitely evolved over time. So, uh, I remember doing classes with 40 people in them to onboard them into something, which by definition means I'm not asking them about goals. I'm just downloading information into them. Uh, and that's probably even generous. It's more like force feeding them information and hoping some of it sticks. And, uh, I mean, obviously now that doesn't work that well. You don't, you don't land a whole lot of those clients when there's 20 in a room and, uh, all of them are just getting force fed one size fits all information. Yeah. But what's the, is there a difference in terms of your satisfaction level, uh, with your own, you know, you as a, professionally as yeah. a CrossFit, uh, uh, entrepreneur, um, do you, I mean, I've got to assume that, that it, it, it feeds you differently at work when you're able to do this kind of, uh, the, when, when you're applying these good principles of onboarding and, and goal setting with your, with your clientele. Yeah. I mean, a, a coach, a coach's job is to help somebody else attain their goals. So if you don't have any idea what their goals are, then you're not, you're not even doing your job. So it, it definitely is, is better and more fun and you can go and high five and hug people uh, when you see them do things that they didn't even know you were watching because you knew, Hey, that was a goal you had. You just knocked it out and I saw it. Right. But you know, I mean, a lot of people that are listening may, I mean, one thing I think they're going to struggle with is, okay, Brandon has to do this. It sounds like one-on-one now instead of 20 people. Yep. Uh, It's going to, now I got to go slow and ask a bunch of stupid questions. So now you've slowed yeah. everything down. My cash right. flow slows down. And is that just inevitable? I mean, just get used to it? I, well, the, the cash flow doesn't have to slow down. Um, oh. the, the price goes up Boom. with the access that you give to people. So oh, come on. What, uh, what I charge now for that process is, and we do options and all that stuff. So the option people most often buy is four to five and a half times more <laughs> than what we used to charge for the large group <laughs> environment. 
Right. He's well, a pricing guru too. It, Crap. That's true. Well, and one of the things that I've always thought was was well, and that's funny because this came from a, a this really got driven home uh, to me because I was talking with a, a friend of mine who started a, a club, a, a swim club uh, here in in Salt Lake City. And he he said that he loves charging. They're they're like the most expensive club team yeah. in the state. Why and he you says be? that's well. He was like that helps that helps get my kids to practice because I mean in his in his situation it's usually the parents who are paying a lot of money for right. their kids to be on that team. And he's like these parents will not allow a kid to sleep in and skip a workout. They're like, I'm paying <laughs> a lot awesome. of cash for you to get your butt in that, those speedos and into that pool. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. I'm dragging you by the hair. And and it's the same thing as adults. If you know you're paying a lot of money, you're going to make sure you're getting there. Very and cool. just the pricing can be part of the accountability structure. Absolutely. And and think about how much free advice you've ignored. So that's, that's the yeah. challenging thing because it, you yeah. know, I can go online and learn how to do a tax return. Mm. I can go online and get a thousand articles on how to improve my business. But uh-huh. if I trust you as my coach, uh, part of trust, I think is price because if I'm doing it for $50, then you're, you're going to go, well, I mean, this seems kind of cheap for what they're yeah. offering. Yeah. So the price has to be at least high enough to make me think what I'm buying is useful. Wow. So that I didn't. Okay. So that's interesting. So though we're saying to people onboarding is slower, you do it even one-on-one, but if you quadruple the price, it it still can be something you can now do. And now you're transforming people at the same time. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's more valuable to you. What they're going to tell other people about you is going to change. So I, I I don't see why you wouldn't. Okay, so I want to know. Okay, so you you I want to know more about your onboarding process. So you you okay. s- the first thing is you kind of ask them a bunch of questions to get to the real reason. So yep. then then what do you you do after that? Maybe you've already shared some of it. I don't know, but yeah, I need so, it in order. Yeah. So the day one, the first time you show up, it's a free opportunity to come in and hang out and kind of get your feet wet. We'll we'll find out why you're actually there, find out how you got there, find out what you used to do. In our case, mostly in terms of of fitness. And uh, I'm usually trying to find your pain um, Mm. because pain is is one of the strongest levers. Um, You know, you can you can notice a cavity, but when you get a toothache, you're going to the dentist. There's no Mm. waiting around and thinking about that. So if I can find your pain, that's usually why you're there. Then we're going to teach you a little bit on the first day. We're going to show you that you can do things you didn't think you could do in 60 minutes. And then uh, at the end of that, once we have found out why you're there, which adds value to your experience, you might not have even known the answers to those questions. We've showed you that we're good at what we do. Then we say, hey, if you want to continue doing this, here's, here's your options for what we call fundamentals. Here's your, uh, how to learn the basics. And so we give the options then, you know, just like, uh, I'm sure your audience is super familiar with the idea of kind of giving three options and those kinds of things. So we do that. And then based on the option they choose, they're, they're basically choosing their experience moving forward. So some people choose the inexpensive fast option, which, uh, I'll tell them, you know, the, the expensive option, the top tier bells and whistles, will get you safely, effectively, and comfortably into what we're doing. The fast, less expensive option will get you safely and effectively into what we're doing. So uh. we take out comfortable. Uh. Um, <laughs> 
which which I'm already scared of CrossFit in the first place, right? So sure. if you just took comfort out of one of the options, I'm yeah. not picking that one. <laughs> right. right. So and it depends. So Pretty if smart. you came in, you're an athlete, you've been doing stuff, you just got out of college, mm. you may say, I got a passing familiarity. I'm gonna do the inexpensive one. Cool. Cool. That's fine. Uh, it's still gonna get you into what we do. Then I have the next usually 10 sessions. So I have at least 10 hours, if not a little bit more with that person wow. to help them learn the exercises we do, learn the philosophy of what we do, learn uh, a little more about how they should be eating, learn about how to kind of set and assess their own goals. And so we, we really teach them to be their own coach, mm. knowing that in 10 hours you can't be a coach, but it's going to give you information that it's not, here's my clipboard, I'm counting reps you know, here's, here's my, you, you drop the box of receipts on my desk. Here's your tax return, but it's, here's why the decisions you're making are impacting your business, or here's how the foods you're eating are impacting your health and your energy. Uh, so people know why they're making decisions. If you can teach them why over the course of that time, a lot of times they're much more willing to pay you to help them identify it. Wow. Nice. So, okay. Nice. So we're running out of time. Yeah. But you got another I got I got one last question to ask, but you got you got one too, Jason. Okay, I got one too. It's real quick, so we're gonna have to go fast. So okay. Brandon, you you told them, all right, you got all these these 10 sessions, you're one-on-one. So now you're you're getting really intimate that you're doing this one-on-one instead of a class of 20. Yeah. You, you talk about the philosophy of how CrossFit does things. Um yep. just answer that real briefly, and I wonder how it would apply to us talking about the philosophy of how we serve our clients. Yeah, good. In the one sense, it's it's how we apply exercise to get you where you want to go. So we we talk about uh, our our briefest explanation is is constantly varied functional movement executed at high intensity. So I, we have the elevator pitch right there already done. Cool. So by doing things that are always different, you avoid boredom. Uh, you, it stays novel and fun. And fun is really important in any of this stuff. People yeah. do things that they find fun. Right. Um, right. Then yeah. functional movement. I try to explain how we think about what we do. We're thinking about you as a human moving holistically, not buys and tries, you know, chest and back, the kind of things that people are used to and bored with. Yeah. And then high intensity, meaning you can't just go through the motions. So you, you actually have to show up. You got to hustle. You got to do these things, get your heart rate up, work hard. Because it only works if you do it. Mm. That's good stuff. All right, what was your last question, Greg? You had one. Uh, yeah, I was. I was wondering what what are some of the best uh, exercises that I can do if I'm really wanting to uh, to get you know to work on my anterior rhomboids. <laughs> You'd have to find them first. Okay. Okay. Good. That's good. That's yeah. uh, that's a good answer. Yeah. 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 Nice. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. So stump, stump the coach. Okay. No, we're we're out of time. So, uh, Brandon, this is amazing. Again, the session was pretty awesome at Deeper Weekend, and so there's there's so much more. How do people get in touch with you if they want to follow you? I mean, you got a lot of stuff online. People can actually hire you online. I think, right? That's true. Yeah. So uh, on Instagram, uh, I am at Disruptive Coach. So you can uh, follow what's going on there. Direct message me through that. Uh, our uh, podcast coaching stuff like that is is you can find us either at uh, disruptivecast.com uh, which is also where my podcast the disruptive cast is we talk training fitness kind of why you're doing what you're doing and then give some detail on how you can improve what you're doing 
uh, interview athletes and different things like that. Those are, those are probably some of the best. The gym where I work, if you're in the area, is uh, swamprabbitcrossfit.com. Cool. Awesome. Nice. Okay. Nice. We're done. Now we know how to coach our clients. Yep. Thanks, Brandon. That was, that was brilliant. Yeah, so, Brandon. Thank you so love, much for being with us, man. Awesome. Okay. I knew Brandon would be good because he taught at Deeper Weekend, and it was freaking awesome. Yeah, the guy's got so much insight and and it's you know it is pretty cool how much accounting relates to fitness. Yes. Or or maybe a better way to say it is is how much accounting should relate to fitness. We don't I think the traditional model, you know, like I said if there's not a coaching if there's not at least a coaching element in it then it doesn't relate at all. But that really we should be we should be figuring out what people are really coming to us for and really trying to help them meet nope. their goals. It'll, it'll help the clients. It'll help us feel better about what we're doing. Yeah. Get no, I think it'll. So what we do. Yeah, it'll help us transform people. So it's um, it's it's awesome. I'm so thankful yep. Brandon was able to be with us. So yeah, big time. And we got some sweet secret stash out of him too. Oh yeah, That's some, good. So you got to check that out in December. Um, and, but, a, uh, and a good public service announcement too that we'll yes. put maybe at the end of this podcast if, if you're it, lucky. That's true. If you're lucky, but, uh, but yeah, we want to, we want to give another big thank you to Avalara. Um, you know, Avalara, they do sales tax compliance. You get that on there. You can push that down to your client there. Your client's going to be happy. You're going to get some work out of it because you're going to have to set them up on it and make sure it's, it's working right. And, uh, and, and everything's we'll, going to be fantastic. Yes. And we're going to link to their, their new crush conference, uh, coming to new Orleans. We'll link up in the show notes to that. Good. Um, yep. Uh, and then another thing, our deeper weekend conference is October 26th to 28th. Greg, you're our MC. I am for the Can't event. Wait. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So we're now, gonna, we're going to we're going to make it so so much fun and so exciting. And we've got a huge speaker, Blair Ends the the win without pitching. I almost said the pitch without winning. That's not <laughs> the win without not. pitching manifesto <laughs> author. Um, and then we have a Stanford D school professor with the next day kind of wrapping up, uh, doing some design thinking. So if you want to, if you want to go to thrival.com, you'll see a little bar down at the bottom where you can register for deeper weekend. There's only, we're only selling 75 tickets, only Um, 75. What? Yeah. And there's only 68 left. So, um, and the price goes up every two months. Okay, when's the next price bump then? Is that so at the end it's, of it's April? Now, it's now, yeah, it's now eight hundred dollars to come uh-huh. until April thirtieth, and then May first it goes up to eight twenty five. Okay. So that's kind of gotcha. how it works. Okay. So, Good. Uh, so get on that. Come on now. out. I mean, you know you're going to come. Just sign up now. Yeah, Did, I mean before that, the price goes up. Yeah, come on. Do we need to hold you accountable or something? That's right. Jeez, people. We will. Uh, Jason, if people want to uh, want to talk to you, if people people need to hold you accountable for something, uh, how would they get a? <laughs> Probably, I guess on Twitter, you could call me out on Twitter at Jason okay. M. Blummer. And how nice. how do they keep you accountable? At Greg Kite, and Kite was spelled with a Y because my ancestors were bad spellers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it for us for this month. Thanks a million for coming back out to the Thrivecast. We love doing these. Uh, We hope you would love listening to them. And uh, uh, next month, we've got another exciting guest uh, coming up. So come back uh, in April, too. We we love you, listeners. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
Now, I will tell you this. Sorry. If you're buying yoga pants, <laughs> try them on and bend over first. <laughs> because many of them are see-through when you move around. And you don't want to be showing your butt to everybody by accident. <laughs> that is the funny part that we're going to put at the end of this podcast. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, you want to check that first. When So advice on buying yoga pants from Brandon Simpson, boom, go. Okay, Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah.